Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, working class bow hunter. The dust is still settling after episode 500. It's episode 501. I don't know if I have covered yet. I haven't for sure. Uh, it'll be amazing if we make it to 600. But is 600 technically a milestone episode? No. 750, right, is the next one? 1,000. Yeah, another five hundred. Another five hundred. No in between. Okay, we'll do something special for six hundred, of course. But like, I feel like seven fifty is like the next big one. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Three cars away there. Oofta. Mm. Hey, on our way, boys. Uh, the, this episode <laughs> was recorded at the ATA show in the Redline Media Room. Shout out to our peeps at Redline Marketing. <laughs> They're the uh, best. And shout out to everyone that we hung out with and talked to at ATA. Yeah. Uh, this episode was. You know, all the ATA ones are a little shorter, um, but we this is a unique one. It's mm-hmm. We talk about hunting India a lot on this one. It's very strange, very out of the box from what we normally talk about. So um, I'm not going to beat to death our partners on this episode because a little bit shorter episode, um, and I don't want to burn anybody out. But as, as you know, what we do is free content, and we got to do what we do. And But we, we genuinely love our partners and support them the way they support us. And we appreciate you understanding that and supporting them along with us um, or supporting us along with them. Depends on how you look at that. What's up? Tomato, think, tomato. Think you know? about that, Doug, you bitch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Doug's still trying to process what Can't you just said. Compute. Hooked on Phoenix. <laughs> hey, control, alt, delete. T- 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 today, Junior. <laughs> uh, but the podcast is presented by Elite Archery, the new Envision. Come see us at a trade show. We're giving one away. We might be giving two away. One online is what the rumor is, too. We'll give one on the way at the shows and We're one away. giving with, it away. Getting it We're away. Free. Code WCB Elite Archery. Uh, big time supplemental feed and food plot seed. Top tier. Joe Humphreys made feeding deer cool again. Or made it cool. I don't know. <laughs> or did we do that? We did it, yeah. Yeah, we did that. We did that for him. Yeah, we just say Joe did it, so it looks like we did our job. We actually made Joe cool, actually, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) Where those socks we did, for sure. Um, We won't talk about those yet. (laughs) Code WCB2022 at Big Time. Save yourself 20%. 
Uh, Spy Point Man, the flex is on its way. That episode is still on its way. We're building it up to get you excited. Yeah, I'm excited for that. You should be excited for that. You should. Should, should I do should. all our ads that like in my voice? Get y'all excited. The new Flex the trail camera is coming this summer, and y'all going to love it. Y'all going to love it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's the Flex. Jesus Christ, it's the Flex. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, Scent Crusher, man, the new units. Um, Doug can bring that along with him when he's hanging out with his girlfriends. Um, it's perfect. No more smell. Everybody's happy. <laughs> Cleans all the germs. <laughs> you don't stink. <laughs> Old bar taxidermy. Uh, man, okay, we got to get some, like, we got some good photos of, of of Ross's bug. Like Ross, is obviously, if you're telling from these episodes, it's the most recent thing we've gotten back from Old yep. Barn. Um, it's just on another it's level. The best recent, it's probably the best we'll see from. Well, recent. It's, it's just the biggest piece of art you could yeah. have as a deer hunter, right? Like, as far unless you got like two bucks fighting, that's the only way it could get like True. crazier. Um, but just like it makes a statement, you know, it's jumping oh, over yeah. the fence and landing, and it's just right on your face when you're at Ross's uh, Club Two Hundred. Uh, camel fire, man. Um, here, let's pull up camel fire right now. <coughs> this is my favorite part. This is, I just like doing this. Make sure you go incognito. <laughs> um, right now they got ground Look at blinds. all the deals. 35% uh, oh, off oh on ground my. blinds. Doug, pull, we need that freaking deer cart. Oh my Lance. 26% off. Buy right now. bucks. Buy that. Um, they got tree stands. They got ground blind chairs, uh, different hang ons, different, um, accessory hooks, uh, climbing sticks, backpacks, 30% off, Safety 35% off. So these are time out, um, and they're getting close to timing out here in the next four hours, and it'll recycle to new deals on CamelFire.com. If you're listening to this, you already missed these deals, but... But there's always a deal, right? Hey, it's a deal. There'll be some more. So, um, I mean, get yourself a deal. Here's some battery packs, hey, 61% off. They do all the work so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that's a deal. But no, I didn't. <laughs> but no, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, man, there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, all kinds of crazy shit on here. They mix it up. Uh, elk oh, calls twenty percent off. Sheesh. All sorts of goodies. But check out Camo Fire, um, Loophole Optics, man, Spotter Scopes, uh, Performance Eyewear. Even their merch is is worthy. Uh, Thermoseat, uh, the D Wedge Turkey Season's coming up. Coyote, Coyote. Well, it's always Coyote Season, but it's Coyote yeah. time. D Wedge is perfect for Thermoseat. AJJ Sports leader and single pin sites mm. and Huntworth clothing. I saw a couple of people have been posting that they've been picking up some Huntworth, mm-hmm. and uh, which made me happy because it takes a little bit. Like clothing, people are really picky on. They are. But I think for the price point for quality, once you like mess with Huntworth and you and you get something from them, or go to like Farm and Fleet is our local place that carries them. Walmart yep. carries their gloves. I think glad, you guys would be uh, very glad impressed. Glad they listen to us, idiots, because uh, it's good stuff. Because be dumb. Doug, you got a veteran shout out? I do. As always, it's brought to you by Operation HHA USA. This one was submitted by Alyssa James, and the veteran is Timothy Johnson. He's in the Navy. Timothy. It says, Timothy was an aviation structural mechanic for the Black Aces, Western Pacific Cruise, de- uh, cruise de- Deployment. Sorry. So, <laughs> most dedicated archer, archery hunter I've ever met. Not only does he get excited about his own success, but he also really enjoys teaching others about hunting. So thank you for spending that, Alyssa, and thank you for your service, Timothy. Timothy. Thanks, Alyssa. Thanks, Timothy. Thank you. Good to see you're getting out there helping others, too. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, it's killer. It's killer. Thank you to all our veterans. Uh, do you want to submit a veteran shout-out? Workingclassbowhunter.com. Uh, the contact tab is a veteran shout-out form. Help Doug with his pronunciations. It goes straight to me so I can read it poorly. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we do our best to support our veterans, but watch Doug fuck up their names. <laughs> fuck up their names. He fucks up the whole paragraph. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you see me at a trade show and I punch you, yeah, and I did it badly, I'll just buy you a beer. If someone punches Doug, we know why. Yeah. Well, yeah. That mustache is a good target. Someone just punches Doug. We're like, oh, he must have been a vet shout out. <laughs> yeah, he fucked that up. If it wasn't, then I hope he gets going back. Because, <laughs> hey, listen, it's not your fault. You're dumb, and we should. Nobody should punch you for that. Not his fault. He can't read. I'm an engineer. Damn it. Let's get into the episode and learn some stuff about hunting in India and maybe some uh, arrows. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Okay, thanks for being here, guys. Hope you enjoy it. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. All right, another podcast at ATA 2022. Everything sound good? Yeah, sounds good. I got my headphone amp all screwed up, but we're moving right along. Uh, This is our, I don't know what podcast, but third or fourth. Yeah, third or fourth, but we're kicking away. (laughs) Um, Kurt Geyer here. Eric Common, Doug Schmidt, and we have Steve Greenwood. Thanks Gen- for doing this. You bet. Victory Gen- Archery. General Manager of Victory Archery. Appreciate your partnership, man. It's been good. We've been uh, putting some Victory Arrows through some stuff this yeah. year. <laughs> right. And, That's good uh, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> been trying to put them to work. Well, I mean, the last four or five years, actually. Well, yeah. I mean, we've been shooting for a while now. Um, I've been shooting them maybe a little longer than that. 2015, I've been shooting them, roughly. Yeah. Um, but Chase Ralston said that we need to meet you and talk to you about some stuff. Of course, we're going to talk about victory a little bit. Excellent. But just we chatted yesterday, <laughs> and just hearing some of the stories you had, I'm like yeah. mind blown already. By I like, think we were talking about it all night. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they're all stories, like, guys. They're not true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Campfire stories. Yeah, yeah. I love it though. But with victory, um, we we'll t- you know we've talked about the products a lot on our podcast and about what we're shooting and stuff like that. But I think the the big thing with arrows in general right now is like availability for like a consumer trying to get a hold of what they need. And you mentioned a few things that why that is. And I don't know if you want to start with that or where you want to cut into all this, but um, sure. I think that's important at least that we mention it, you know, so people yeah. know what's going on. So Victory Archery is actually a, um, was acquired by Mitsubishi Chemical Corporation, mm-hmm. which is, uh, some people may not know, is one of the largest carbon manufacturers in the world. Mm-hmm. Archery is just a very small section of the business. Uh, um, we're, our main business, uh, our f- company is located out of San Diego, California, mm-hmm. where we've got three of the largest uh, fiber manufacturers right there, which are owned by Mitsubishi, one in Poway, California one in um, Newport, mm-hmm. one in Sacramento, and we have another plant up in Evanston, Wyoming. And um, carbon fiber has been around for quite, quite some time. What we specialize on, head marketing office, is in Carlsbad, like I said. We make um, 
uh, main businesses, golf shafts, and arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to be the general manager of arrows, but we have also another general manager to take care of golf. But mm-hmm. with the the perfect storm took place this last couple of, this last year with the with combined the COVID um, and some of the logistics problems that have happened r- worldwide. Mm-hmm. Both golf and archery exploded, mm-hmm. uh, as you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Recreational sports across the, the the way just went crazy. Yeah, the demand was greater than supply, mm-hmm. and then um, initially the U.S. Uh, once the COVID hit the U.S., uh, fortunately, Victory at the time had enough carbon fiber or enough inventory and in stock where we were able to survive, uh, take care of our dealers and. It looked like everything was going fine. Well, mm-hmm. um, we make our carbon fiber in the prepreg is made in California, mm-hmm. and then we ship it overseas to one of our f- factories in Vietnam. That's where our, mostly our golf shafts and our arrows come from. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately for us and many of our dealers, etc., that factory got shut down due to COVID, and it was the, the, the that part of Vietnam uh, out of Ho Chi Minh City got impacted great, further than any other, a lot of other countries. Yeah, and we were literally shut down for about two and a half months. Shut and down because of the government. The government, actually, not just the government. The army come came in and actually shut not just Victory and not uh, Mitsubishi, but across all the the shoe manufacturers, the golf manufacturers, mm. all of the factories shut down. Just the death toll was pretty high in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. And they had to. They had no choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, they, they didn't have the medical uh, availability or the feasibility like we have in the U.S. So right. they were really badly impacted. And it took a very long time for them to recover. Mm-hmm. And we're still struggling. They're, we're still not up to the factory. It's still not up to par where it should be. But we're making headway. Mm-hmm. And so, like many companies in the United States, you're going to find that a lot of companies, um, especially in our industry, are looking to bring work back to the United States. And uh, we're actually focused on that in a big way. And uh, fortunately, we do have a backup uh, facility in Mexico, Mm -hmm. and we're moving more and more of that work to to Mexico. Granted, it's not the United States, but we're five, six miles across the border. But logistics uh, helps that, you know, it'll make a lot. If there's a problem, we're closer to the source of our carbon prepreg. For sure, Because right? Yeah. right now, we ship carbon prepreg to Vietnam. It's on a boat for two months. We spend another month produ- manufacturing it and then shipping it all the way back. Right, and right. as you gentlemen know, the cost of freight went up from $2,800 a container to ridiculous $9,000, dollars $12,000 a container. So Jesus. It doesn't make sense to do business overseas like we used to. For sure. Right, right. The whole world needs to relook at how we uh, we plan our business, our logistics. And so that's one of the biggest challenges we have right now. What are we going to do in the future? Mm-hmm. And we're already working to come up with solutions to never be in this position again. Right. That's yeah. a, and that's something that's awesome that you guys are doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. I think it's like waking a lot of people up. It's like, man, certain things that made more sense to do overseas it's like well we need to be i guess you realize how like we're not really that self-sufficient when it comes yeah. to like manufacturing a lot of things right. and, and you know I, you hear a lot more about it when we're at shows like this when you're talking directly with companies about like supply and just what materials they can't get and delays and a lot of people we talk to here like yeah all our stuff's sitting on a boat somewhere and we can't get it mm-hmm. so it's like man it's just crazy to even think that we're in this spot 
Well, if you look at the, if you come to California at the moment and you looked out on the, uh, off the West Coast, you'll see it looks like we're being invaded, e- even though the COVID is uh, somewhat diminished compared to what it was a year ago. Mm-hmm. It looks like an Almada out there with ships for miles and miles that have been sitting there for a long time that haven't been unloaded. And no it's a serious problem. So not only do you have the lead times getting product from Asia, but once it gets here, kind of trying to clear our docks has been a ba- major, major problem. There's a lot of it just like uh, the workflow, like workforce? You know, there's so many rumors. A lot of it, uh, that's what we hear. But, um, you know, we have people working down at the docks, and they just said that the it's just overwhelming the volume of ships that are there. Mm -hmm. But there are, over there, because it's union-based, they have had some challenges with, uh, you know, you get 5, 10, 15% of your workforce sick, they, they, they can't allow them to work. Right, right. They have very strict mm-hmm. work rules, and so that then shuts the port down even longer. Right. So, Man, that's crazy. It is. It's just, I don't know. When, it's where's every situation. Yeah, where's <laughs> yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. You know, but, well, it's cool. You, you guys are basically tackling it as best you can while mm-hmm. you can to make sure you're not in this situation. Um, you're not in this boat again? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here. There it is. There oh, yeah. it is. See, I got that button preloaded just for you. Thanks. You're Thanks. welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, so, okay, anything new we want to cover for Victory right now? I know um, there's some a lot of stuff we can't mention, but we, t- we talk about Victory all the time. We're all Rip TKO fans. You shot extortions. Extortions. Yep. And I think Chandler and Ross shot Vab yeah. SSs on their moose hunt. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and we, we did the breakdown and all that on the arrow setup they shot mm-hmm. and all that and preparing for a little bit bigger animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, well, I mean, what, what was the number of hogs you said you've shot? Well, uh, not with a bow, but in total, it's uh, close to 9,300. Uh, I know <laughs> I, I, I was fortunate enough and grew up in India and got to do a lot of depredation hunting there. Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, during my earlier years, I got to hunt uh, the tr- their truly big wild boar out there. Uh, it's not uncommon to see 100, 150 in a herd. So what kind, of, what kind of wild boars live in India? Because I feel that's something we've never talked about. I've never even thought about it, honestly. No, not about it's India. You, you don't think about it. You they don't know, think about even hunting when you hear India. Our North American hunting, and you think like, I think South African hunting, and then like New Zealand, New Zealand and stuff like right. that. But it's just not on the radar for us here to think about India, you know? Well, India basically, uh, um, most of the hunting in India was banned in the early 70s. That's oh, really? when most of the hunting, but there's big game species in India. There's over 40 different species of big game animals. And uh, I always tell people I was born 50 years too late. My father got to hunt a lot of leopard and tiger and stuff in India in the good old days. No kidding. But there's still the, the wildlife in India. The, the In answer to your question, the wild boar there are very similar to the Russian razorbacks out here. Mm. In fact, to me, they look more like an oversized 300-pound javelina. So no kidding. Very bristly and uh, large, but um, the 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 wild the, the most of the farmers out there, uh, you know, a farmer may own an acre or two of land, mm-hmm. and if you have fifty pigs coming in one night and eat his his peanut fields, yeah. they'd wipe them out. So, uh, as a ten-year-old, yeah. a fifteen-year-old kid, I used to be out there with a spotlight at night shooting pigs, and it was not uncommon for me to shoot, you know, over a hundred hogs a night. No the good news is they all got eaten. The, 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 it wasn't wasted. Yeah, right, yeah. Even though most of the population in India are Hindus, they don't eat uh, beef, but they do eat pork. So oh, 
right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so uh, nothing got wasted, and the villagers appreciated us, uh, you know, shooting hogs oh, yeah. for them, and uh, and I enjoyed going out chasing them and shooting them, so yeah. it was pretty fun. But we've got access, you know, like you guys hunt axis deer in Texas. The yeah. axis deer originated from India. I didn't know that. And uh, like the axis deer that are on Hawaii, mm-hmm. those were actually a gift to Kamehameha from. Uh, the royalty in India at one of the Maharajas, and that's how Axis deer ended up in Hawaii. Oh, that's so, crazy. I didn't know that. So the Axis deer, what you refer to Axis deer, is actually called a chittal uh-huh. or a spotted deer. We call them spotted deer in India, and uh-huh. as you know, it's some of the best meat you'll ever eat. Yeah, I've never had it, but I hear that oh, over and over. It's excellent. It's uh, If you're ever going to eat some raw meat, that's about as close to raw as I would eat. It's no really unbelievable. So you know? hunting is still illegal in India. Hunting is, has been for many years illegal. The hunting that I did during my early childhood was done on what they call pata land. Mm-hmm. Friends of mine owned coffee and tea estates, and mm-hmm. they had the right to protect their crops, etc. So I, I was able, and actually, uh, when I in my earlier life, um, I lived up in the Nilgiris in a hill station, and there was still hunting available. We were hunting samba, which is like your elk. Um, oh, really? yeah. uh, Axis deer was open at the time. Blackbuck, chinkara, four-horned antelope, mouse deer. We got hyena. We've got leopard. We've got elephant. We've got sloth bear. Um, there's some amazing. There's a little mouse deer. They're, mm-hmm. they're, 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 it's like a, over, a little bit bigger than your jackrabbits out here. It's like a chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> and they're deer. Pardon? They're a deer. They're species? little deer. Yeah. They're tiny little. They <laughs> stand about like uh, spikes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I've seen uh, before. <laughs> then we've got one called a uh, barking deer. Or a, a, it's similar to the monk jack. Mm-hmm. And that, actually, that was my first big game animal. I think I shot when I was six years old. So no wow. I got I got the. Um, <laughs> But as we were talking yesterday, people were laughing. You know, I got to do things that um, probably now I I didn't realize how fortunate I was. Yeah. But a friends of mine had coffee and tear states where they used to use uh, elephant to to clear the lumber off their land. And Mm -hmm. I remember in the early 70s when Martin Archery, uh, I had my first Cougar Magnum bow yeah. uh, riding on the back of an elephant shooting Axis deer. I mean, <laughs> who, could, who could dream of yeah. you know, I wish I could go back and do that. That's some cowboy stuff. If we had, yeah. if we had elephants is, here, then we'd probably try to do the same thing. So, that is cowboy, the cowboy stuff over so there. So we got to do some really fun stuff, but uh, there's still a, an abundance of game, but like many countries, because of the encroachment of uh, humans and the destruction of the, the forests and jungles out there, uh, India is starting to, um, they realize their natural resources and that they need to protect it. So mm-hmm. there are people there that finally are paying attention to the, you know, just the, the betterment of wildlife. So yeah. they are protecting, trying to prevent people from agricultural. And that, it, it's a mean cycle because yeah. uh, as the people encroach, the animals get pushed back. And then eventually mm-hmm. when they do clash, the animals end up losing because they end up shooting the animals or right. poisoning them or, you know, getting eradicating them in some form. Right. Do you yeah. think uh, hunting will ever come back? Um, in India, um, doubtful. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> it's doubtful. And just the politics. It is because there's, uh, there's actually um, great opportunity there. And I think like Africa, they could have uh, adapted the hunting in India yep. to uh, have money come into the country and allow people like from America to go hunt or Europe. Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, I just I, um, it's been it's been closed so long, um, and the mindset there, I don't see them opening it up. Right. Which right. is a shame. Didn't you, I'm, I'm 
ignorant to religion, especially over there. But you, like everything's a god. Is, I think you mentioned that briefly oh, yesterday. Correct. Yeah. The, well, uh, there's you know over 200 religions out there, mm-hmm. and uh, so you've got Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, Christians, Catholics. You've got uh, you know you a little bit of everything. But yeah, there's a lot of the um, in a lot of the religions there. For example, monkeys are considered uh, a god. The Hanuman was a god of uh, one of the uh, in the in the Hindu religion, so mm-hmm. cows, as you know, are sacred. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's um, the monkey population is definitely well protected there because yeah. of the um, the, the their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about monkeys? Oh, don't <laughs> That's an unfair question. I hope this is a big part of being uh, broadcast in India because uh, so my family uh, of all the animals out there, I, I'm not a fan of monkeys. I've been bitten three times with monkeys, and I've had to have rabies injections in my stomach. So I'm not a fan of them. The Aresius monkeys, as far as I'm concerned, you can shoot them all. But yeah, you've got a lot of species of monkeys there. You've got the lungors, you've got the um, uh, Aresius, and then you've got the lion-tailed cows mm-hmm. and uh, neat but we used to grow popcorn in india my family did and uh, these bands of monkeys would come in and raid and it was my job as a young kid to go out there and eradicate a few of them because they were causing such a destruction and yeah unfortunately i uh, some of the monkeys that i eradicated weren't quite uh, dead and i, I got bit uh, not once, not twice but three times so. said get, for every time you get bit by a monkey how many shots do you have to get See, back then, uh, rabies injections were 21 shots in your stomach. Oh. So, and believe in your me, stomach? like Yeah, right around the navel. So, oh, no. Uh, it was not a pleasant, and I'm terrified of needles. So, right, it's not uh, good, because then you can just look at it going <laughs> into your stomach. No, it it took a few people to hold me down yeah. to try and get it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> get bit by a monkey would hurt. Yeah, so, so, oh, it does. There. I mean, it's, it's, like a it's just, it's just so bizarre, like, thinking about how many different species are over there. Like, yeah. oh, like That'd be weird if like we were here. And I don't know anything about any of them. If, like, if we were whitetail hunting and there's monkeys in our timber, you know. That'd be scary. You're in a tree standing at a monkey gun and just bites you in your <laughs> hand. Get out of here, monkey. Just a drops on top of your head. Throw them off, yeah. What, how long did you live in India for? Um, I was there for about 17 years. I was born and raised there. My born family raised. had been there for many, many years. And... Uh, uh, it was a good, uh, you know, at the time I, I probably, I appreciate it now, my background, but I, I wish I'd done more because yeah. it was, uh, I had such a great opportunity. The fishing, the fishing, the hunting's great, mm-hmm. but like you said, the diversity of game, while we have Ibex out there, which no, uh, it's a, it's called a Nilgri Ta, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the trophy's not the horns, it's a little bananical, but it's yeah. the trophy is called a saddleback. The old males have white saddles on their back, and the width of the saddle is how the trophy was determined. Really? really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Cool. Ibex are crazy-looking animals. Those are the ones that you always see on, like, the crazy cliffs that are yeah. like, standing on the side. Very similar to your um, – I'm trying to think what would be they, – they look very similar to – not the bazaar ibex, but uh, some of the ones you have in Spain. Mm-hmm. But the the, the yeah. trophy, they definitely don't have the horns like typical I'm ibex. I think of the Spanish ones, that yeah. is what I'm yeah. thinking of, yeah. So, okay, so you look like 17 years. So what did what, you move out of India for, or where did you go from there? Basically, I was becoming a bum. All I was doing was hunting, and so <laughs> my choice was either move to California or to England because I had family here. Oh, okay. So, but I, I transferred over. I played. I came over on a soccer scholarship and played no soccer for one of the clubs in uh, 
uh, in Los Angeles. No, oh, that's, that's fascinating. awesome. It's so. a fascinating life. And to have, man, we we have to do follow up podcasts. I have think, so many questions because yeah. I'm gonna think of stuff like on the drive home from the show, and I'm like, oh, we gotta call him and do another podcast. Yeah. So. I want to know about tigers and leopards, man, because I just got off a mountain lion hunt, and I'm, like, still, like, mind-blown by that because I've never seen a mountain lion in person. So then when I see one, I'm like, that's a real thing. Like, that's scary. You know, it's cool. It's fascinating. They're beautiful animals. Like a tiger. So I I can tell you the tiger and leopard situation in India was kind of a – it's a soft spot for me because I, uh, I remember being in camp with my father where during the mating season you could hear the ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. you could hear the tiger and the leopard and uh, so I, I came in right at the tail end on when things were starting to die down but mm-hmm. what happened in India tiger hunting and leopard was legal to hunt and unfortunately so when a tiger or a leopard killed a, a goat or a cow the local villagers were paid a compensation for the the death of their their cow or the cattle mm-hmm. and um, then people like my father or other hunters would come along and employ the old the, the village to come drive the tiger or leopard out and mm-hmm. they'd say okay this guy's been here two or three times let's go ahead and let him have a crack at a tiger or leopard yeah so it was a, a, a form of income and the balance there was a balance to how many tiger and leopard were shot mm-hmm. well right at about the same time when they banned tiger hunting they introduced a poison called folidol it's odorless and colorless mm-hmm. and i can speak for a fact this was i remember living through this in a matter of i would say five years they almost eradicated the entire tiger and pot the leopard population in India because they started poisoning. They'd find a dead cow. A tiger would kill a cow or a goat. They would put Folidol on it and the tiger would come return, eat it, and then walk away 500 yards and drop dead. Over. And then Man. the black market, they were then, uh, Asia was starting to wanting to import the claws and the eyes and the, every part of the tiger for aphrodisiacs or whatever they use it for. Right, right, right. And so now it became a bigger revenue. It's all about money. It's, it's just like money, elephant. Yeah, right? Same thing with the elephant poaching in India. Ivory, uh, you know, they were mm-hmm. going just like Africa experienced. Uh, it was all being exported to Asia, and mm-hmm. it became a big black market out there. So, What, what made the, the lion and uh, jaguar? The, the tiger? Uh, oh, I said lion, I'm sorry. Uh, tiger. What, what made it illegal um, in that shift from kind of having a conservation type approach to it going illegal and then the farmer starting to use that chemical that almost eradicated. I'm like, what? What was the big? Was it like a political push? Well, at the time, I think I, I, um, I think the pre- the Indra Gandhi was in char- was involved in India at the time, but um, the Wildlife Association um, they just decided that the um, for no, there was no apparent real why they did it, but they ban it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then the farmers' reaction was it's like the you know, the same kind of challenges that the United States see on wolves in Montana and okay. places. Same, yeah. similar argument. Makes sense. And it was done, I, I, I was too young to remember if it was political or what. For whatever reasons, they ban it. Mm-hmm. And the reaction of the farmers was, okay, if you're not going to, and they stopped paying compensation for the cows and right, the goats. Right. So now the tigers have become not valuable anymore. Right. So, to so them, just get rid of them. Yeah, get rid thought. of them. But then at the same time, the black market opened up and they were selling the skins. And uh, I, I got to and literally in about five years, they almost eradicated the tiger and the leopard out of at least southern India. Where yeah, I do, was do, you, uh, do you know anything about like what the population is now in India and tigers? You know, I, 
Uh, it's actually grown. Um, I don't know offhand. I wouldn't want to quote you wrong, but it, yeah. it's up there. It's definitely improved. It's coming back. Uh, Wildlife Association of South India have done a great job in um, in the preservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiger Project Tiger is another big uh, um, um, outfit in India that's done a and the World Wildlife Association. There's mm-hmm. a number of associations that have formed people that have recognized it, and even the people in India have realized what the value is to mean to protect right. these animals and to to improve it. So, I see this hope for sure, but I, I don't yeah. see the the hunting aspect ever ever returning. At least yeah. not in our lifetime. Yeah, just because the, the setting their ways and the different politics and right. all that. Uh, yeah, the mindset. I did, I did get to grow up, and uh, I the one of the best experiences of my life at the time I was terrified but i was nine years old and there was uh, uh my father had a permit to, to shoot a tiger mm-hmm. uh, was a nine or less but anyway um i got to sit up for a tiger and i think that's the closest i uh, to be able to be participate in this i literally sat up for about nine days in a machan mm-hmm. a machan is like a, what you call a tree stand yeah and generally they used to build them out of bamboo you'd sit you in a bamboo clump and for tiger and leopard, it was not uncommon to tie a cow or a buffalo up or other animals to attract them. For, especially on leopard, it would be a, you know, a stray dog. It, it, I know people here don't want to hear that, but that's the reality. That's how you did it, right? And, uh, but on the tiger, I got to set up um, for about nine days. And I remember we tied a, I had an old British 303 rifle in my hand, and I was, made two mistakes. I did not clear the brush. Uh, in front of the around the bu- the buffalo that we tied up, mm-hmm. I also set my tree stand up where the moon came up behind me. And uh, anyhow, about the ninth or tenth day, it's amazing when there's a predator like a tiger or a leopard in the in the jungle. The you can tell where they're at. The the peacock start uh, you know screaming. The mm-hmm. monkeys start, and they follow. The monkeys will will follow the tiger or leopard and let you know exactly where they're at. Really? And the wow. sun, the chittal or the axis deer, they're yeah. bruh, bruh, they start barking and it, the whole jungle comes alive. It's the most incredible. It's, like it's they're a, letting everybody else know like oh, there's a tiger. it's incredible. I don't know how they, they ever get around and kill anything because every animal's on, you know, <laughs> pointing no, out them. exactly where they're at. But, we no. need to train a squirrel to do that here for whitetails. Exactly. <laughs> they barking with they white do it to us. Bark at yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. They bark at us. Wow, instead. that's amazing. So you pretty much know. So I was sitting on a fire line and I was watching the buffalo is getting really anxious and pulling the rope and uh i looked over to my left and everything i'm watching both sides of the fire line and it was just going dusk and i remember looking over and it looked like it, one second he was not there and next second here's a full-grown male lion a tiger sitting about 90 yards away from me like a house cat just looking He's beeline looking right at the buffalo. Sitting, sitting on his butt. There was a, what we call a gully or a ditch. And in, from a sitting position, he jumped right across. It. it was like 27 feet to get across this ditch. And he comes in full full charge at this buffalo. I'm sitting up there. I've got a light on the front of my rifle and stuff. And he hits this buffalo and flips it behind the tree. And uh, he broke its neck instantly. And so I raised my rifle up, an old British 303 with a rifle I looked through. And uh, all I could see was the back end of him, his big genitalia. <laughs> to this day, I should have squeezed the trigger, but I didn't. I, I, I flinched, and I looked down. And to this day, I remember him looking up, and that whole, you know, tiger, tiger, burning bright, the, the bright red eyes. He, the moon was coming up behind me, and he uh-huh. was laying behind the, the, the dead buffalo now. And I could see his, and I put the scope up to, to try and shoot him, and 
he was gone in a oh, second. Man. Oh, man. No it was it was a, it was a, an experience I'll never forget. You'll never forget that. And uh, you know, actually, during the nine days, another monkey experience. I'm sitting there. They literally tied a chair up in the tree, and I'm sitting there minding my own business, waiting to try and hopefully shoot a tiger. And uh, um, all of a sudden, you get the sense that something's uh, right there. Well, I used to have a, a shikari sitting next to me, a, a tracker, mm-hmm. and. I don't know how that thing got there, but I uh, I was sitting up there and I look around and here from you to me, you know, foot across. Here's a damn monkey sitting in the same chair. <laughs> and you talk about almost falling out of oh, the tree yeah, sky, but scared the heck out of me. And then have elephant come up and eat out of the same tree you're in. That's not a good experience either. So. <laughs> scary as hell, dude. That's the thing. Like we got it made in the Midwest. Are elephants mean? Are have. elephants mean in the wild? Pardon? Are they mean? You know what? They're not mean. They, there's a certain. Uh, this is a funny story. There's uh, the elephant. Uh, elephant and bear to me are some of the most unpredictable animals. Obviously, I don't have the experience like some of these guys in Africa that hunt elephant and they they can tell their demeanor. But mm-hmm. I've been seriously chased by elephant on at least a half a dozen uh, times. But the one particular time of year, there's a in India, there's a fruit called a jumblum. And it's got 90 95% alcohol in it. And it's hey. one of the most fun times to hunt. It's like, <laughs> oh, boy. I might start eating fruit a little more. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So That's right. <laughs> what happens is the, it's funny because the monkeys eat it, the pigs eat it, the axis deer. They can't stand up. They eat it. They gorge themselves on it. It's like the mango season. But they eat this jumblum. And you can tell who the happy drunks and who the cranky <laughs> the ones angry, yeah. the angry And drinks. elephants are generally the cranky ones. Oh, boy. Yeah, go figure, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually that time of the year that most, if there's going to be people killed by elephants, it's usually during that time frame. Really? No, it's, dude, this is another planet. I don't know any of this stuff. This yeah. is a drunken yeah. elephant like, this bar is, fight. This is yeah. fascinating to me. So, so there's just a, the monkeys are fighting elephants. There's <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> a fruit what? that gets all the animals drunk. You have what? You have drunk... Uh, it, it's drunk elephants. You're watching the monkeys. Watching they it. try to climb up. And they fall. They're like they're can, like human beings. They're just drunk. Can, you, can you human eat this? Uh, pardon? Oh, you can. Yes, it's hot. It tastes terrible. It's not. It? It, oh no, it's it not good. Terrible. But the animals love it. The axes there. They're stumbling around. It's 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 the fun, it's amazing. the funniest thing. And it's only a very short period of time. But the animals know when the fruit is ripe, mm-hmm. and they eat it. But it's, it's, it's fermented. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and they literally they're drunk. And but the elephants are pretty. It's kind of like a rut, you know. They you only get to do it one time a year. Yeah, <laughs> have a party, man. Right, just right. one big party every year. What kind of tigers are out there? It's like Bengal tigers, they're the or? Bengals, right? Yeah, right. Man, that they is got, so crazy. Yeah. That'd be nuts. So the the Bengal tiger is um, they have the Bengal, and then they have the leopards. They have scrub leopards, and then they have they're pretty good leopard, uh, mm-hmm. similar to those that you'd shoot in Africa. Yeah, and then I did get the. Uh, they have the black. They a lot of leopard are referred to as a panther mm-hmm. in India. We also have the black panther, mm-hmm. and um, I, was, I was able to – I've seen two or three of them in India during my lifetime, which really? um, we hunt in an area – we used to hunt in the Nilgiris, which at the time was legal. It was um, – we were hunting Samba, mm-hmm. and it was on a couple of occasions I got to watch – a black panther hunting uh, samba mm-hmm. in India, and it's it's a pretty amazing wow. animal. Okay. This is a, dude, that's incredible. So, do, you, do you ever go back to India to visit? I haven't or anything? been back. My my mother still lives in India. I haven't been back in many years, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I should go back. I miss it, but because the hunting's no longer there, and you can't legally hunt, I. There's, I don't have the interest. It's still a beautiful country. I love yeah. it. It'll always be home for me. But, for sure. um, you know, when I came to the United States, I was 
and obviously England wasn't a choice, but uh, learning, I've had as good as experiences here in the United States as mm-hmm. I felt I had in India. I've done yeah. probably as much hunting here as I have done in any other country. That's what amazing. was your uh, first hunt when you got in the States? Pig hunting. Pig <laughs> yeah, hunting. Funny enough. Because yeah. that's what we talked about. It's like, yeah, California has because. When we think hawk, because we're Illinois, Iowa, you know, we yeah. think mm-hmm. hunting pigs. Simple-minded people. Yeah, simple-minded people. We think Texas, Oklahoma, yeah. right. you know, the southern type states. We don't, it's rare we think about California. Well, really, where we're at, we don't think about California for hunting. Right. Just because it's it's so far away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're Wyoming, Colorado, Correct. some of those states. So, But if you look at what we have, California, the pig is probably one of the most, I believe it's the most sought-after big game animal in California. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got antelope, we've got black-tailed deer, um, we've got uh, bighorn sheep, mm-hmm. we've got tule elk, um, we have um, a really big bear. We have really big bear in California. Black and bears, black yeah. Bears, yeah. yeah. Yep. And they ban um, dog hunting in California, and there's no baiting allowed, so mm-hmm. uh, the black bear population has exploded. The, the unfortunate part of California is they also ban mountain lion hunting. Yeah, and that's been in effect for a while now, hasn't it? Since the early 80s. I was actually... Oh, that long? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. And uh, actually, it was banned, and they opened it. It was in the 70s, and they 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 were going to reopen it in the 80s. And uh, I actually happened to draw a tag the, the year that they opened it. And then uh, two days before the season started, the anti-hunters managed to shut it down again. Wow. Is that just uh, that's a purely anti-hunter political thing? Uh, that's my guess. Yes. Yeah, it I seems that way. Oh, oh well. yeah, with California, you know, I mean. <laughs> well, right. But, yeah. man, can you imagine? There's got to be some monster mountain lions out there, just some giants. And there's not just monsters, but they've, and again, this is my opinion, um, they've definitely depleted the uh, deer population in California in a big way. Oh, yeah, because yeah. my guy, my buddy who runs the outfit in Wyoming where I went and killed my mountain lion, he said roughly they'll kill about a deer a week. Oh, I believe that. Which is insane. Because when I shot, he's like, "Hey, man, you saved a lot of a lot of deer mm-hmm. and a lot a of deer a week." Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. But the the pigs are, are pretty big in California. They have the the population has uh, exploded in the state of California, and um, it's. Uh, it's cyclical with the pigs in California, depending on the drought. We've been mm-hmm. in, you know, seven, eight-year drought conditions, but mm-hmm. um, right now they're at their peak. We've got more pigs, uh, at least uh, some property that I um, have between Los Angeles and Sacramento. It's just loaded with pigs right now. <laughs> really? And it's, uh, oh, it's, with a bow and arrow to hunt a pig is a lot of fun. I can imagine. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I've been to California just a couple of times for work. I wasn't out there to hunt. But yeah, to go out there with a bow and just try and... You don't even think it like, if you, when we think hunting, you don't even think California. Mm-hmm. We just don't, yeah, we just don't think about it. But man, but we're at the Victor Arrows soaked. I bet you, I mean, can you imagine just shooting pigs, arrow after arrow after arrow? <laughs> So, well, it's not. It's not as. Uh, it's a little more controlled uh, in California, like everything else. Not like Texas, where you yeah. can just whack and stack. But gotcha. uh, California, I, I believe it's one a day, two in possession. So oh, there right. are, they, okay. they, they they monitor it pretty close, and they actually charge. You know, now it used to be uh, they were considered a varmint. Now they're charging. They, they, there's a pig tag. I think it's fifteen dollars for a tag, for which, a pig. which is insane. But it is all, what it all is. Year long? Yes. Yeah. So that's a good thing. It's open three hundred and sixty five days so gotcha. that, that's, that's cool. a good thing yeah. well i mean they're getting you think at a certain point they'd be like all right there's too many like yep. they do in like texas and some of those other states where they're just like 
you know, shooting them out of helicopters to get rid of style or whatever. Right. But, uh, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's good to be work for an aero company if you're going to shoot a lot of hogs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. In the right business. It, it, business is good. Business is good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, dude, I'm so fascinated by just the stories we don't even know yeah. that we need to tap into. But well, we can do a four-hour podcast. Yeah, I think. we'll do more podcasts. I might just text you randomly throughout the week <laughs> and just have you no call problem. in. Like, just tell me a story about India. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know. That's. I just think it's so cool because you just never hear about some of those stories like that, you know, and like we never would have ran across no. an interview no, no, no. or a conversation oh. about that. Yeah, like the people that like to bird hunt. I was talking to some guys last night about waterfall, and the guy was really excited. He was telling me he was, I think he was hunting in not Nebraska, but anyhow, he was on the, uh, on the East Coast, and mm-hmm. um, he was all excited because he shot six, uh, six ducks, mm-hmm. like six ducks. Uh, well, in an hour, because in India we have the migration from Russia, the bahead goose mm-hmm. that flies in, and between my father, myself, and another gun, in one morning it was not uncommon we'd shoot 300 geese. Holy <laughs> shit. So, you know, it's hard for me to imagine only being able to shoot one Six. or two ducks or right. yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean have to go out and lay decoys out and spend two oh, hours putting decoys ducks, out yeah. Yeah. you lay 300 down we've never uh, maybe you have I can't remember we've never waterfowl hunted oh I, I have I, we did growing up I, it's something I want to do you know we we say this I don't know how, how many podcasts we're gonna do it. That we always say we're going to do it and when we tag out we'll do it well we're tagged out and season ends next weekend for us you know so we could do it but yeah, it just seems like a lot of work for not a lot of reward. But right. I guess to be fun with your buddies, you know, yeah, so that's absolutely. the reward. Absolutely. But, man, thank you for sharing all these stories. No problem. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Uh, we're going to think of more questions, and we'll probably bother you before the show's over. So. Not a problem. But yeah, I just pictured a bunch of drunk animals. We really appreciate your partnership with Victory, and it's it's awesome. So, so something new for Victory, by the way, uh, we will be coming out with the RIP uh, uh, stainless steel, which is the sister to the VAP, the micro. So mm-hmm. we have the 166 already in the VAP SS. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a RIP SS, which will be a mid-year launch. So okay. uh, we, we can talk about it. We are coming out with it. But okay. right now, okay. we didn't feel it was right to bring something new, and we can't even keep up with what we've got going on sure. right now. Makes sure. perfect sense. Yeah. Smart. So. Smart. Yeah, why but put yourself more behind and people asking and all exactly. that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. But, no, Very it's a smart. pleasure, guys. I appreciate your... You know, support of victory. You guys do a great job, and Thank I look Thank forward you. to maybe doing a hunt with you. Hopefully, yeah. do a no, big yeah. hunt with you oh, guys. Oh man, we do that for It'll sure. Be fun. We're in. Just call us. We'll yeah, <laughs> we'll fly out. California bound. Absolutely, yeah. or even a bear hunt. You know, the scary Ooh. bear or bear um, hunt. Yeah. You should put in for California because as a okay. non-resident, your odds are drawing are pretty good. So, is that a point state? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. It is. Well, it is. I'll have to call you. No, there's Tule Elk. Put in for Tule Elk. That would be awesome. That's a species that you can only shoot in California. Yeah, that so. would be cool mm. too. Man, I just, you just we just don't think about California. We got to start thinking about it. It's on the it map took, now. It took me 36 years to draw a tag. I drew a tag last year and for Tule Elk. For Tule Elk, and uh, managed to shoot a really nice bull. How how big does the Tule Elk get? Um, mine scored, I think, uh, the world record Thule is 334, I believe. Uh-huh. But uh, my, mine was a 7 by 8 uh-huh. um, He scored, I think, about 309. Oh, wow. Pope oh, wow. Young on it's like a 280, yeah. but yeah, yeah. it's it's great hunting. I hunted on a, a military base. Even though I have elk on my property, I mm-hmm. can't draw 
a tag on my own property. Really? But the military base, it's well run, well. That's one thing the Game and Fish have done a great job of maintaining. Mm-hmm. The tule elk have exploded in the state of California. Good. And I think more so the lions haven't quite got uh, figured out on the elk, <laughs> on, on killing the elk. But yeah. um, the population on Thule, on like on my property 30 years ago, we had 50. Today, I probably have close to 2,000. No wow. kidding. And there's some really good bulls, really, really good trophy bulls. Um, awesome. Good hunting. So, But the tags are limited. But as yeah, non-residents, yeah. you guys have a there's a pool that you can put into, which most people wouldn't think of. No. Yeah. So, What's well, uh, I'll cut that part out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be saying stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Don't be telling us lies. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out. So. It's amazing. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, that's a story for Thank another you, podcast. That's just an excuse to get with you again. Yeah, there we go. Sounds like we got a place to go hunting. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Do what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.